Welcome back to another episode of Tank Talks. I'm your host, Matt Cohen, and on this week's episode, we welcome the one and only Baron Davis, NBA superstar who shares his insights into the transition from sports to business. Baron shares his journey growing up in South Central LA and how he leveraged the advice from mentors and fellow athletes to help him take control of his own agency on and off the court. Baron also digs into his journey of entrepreneurship, mentorship, and how he is building a lasting legacy beyond his NBA days. Baron's story is not just about sports, it's about leveraging his athletic career into a second act in business and how he was able to navigate the business landscape with the same agility he used on the court and mentoring the next generation to do the same. From early inspirations and high school beginnings to learnings from titans of the game and business, Barron's approach to entrepreneurship is a multifaceted as his career was, and how his platform is bridging the gap for athletes transitioning into the business world. Now let's jump into the tank for this week's episode with the incredible NBA superstar, Baron Davis. Thanks for joining us in the tank today, Baron. Thank you, man. What's up, Matt? Good to see you, buddy. You know, it's not often that we get an NBA superstar on the podcast. You know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, investors, VCs, family offices, and you know it. But you are a two-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA Third Team, NBA Steals Leader, blah, blah, blah. We'll go through all of that. But I really want to go back a bit to the beginning and talk about the influences in your life before you obviously got into the career life of basketball that shaped your entrepreneurial spirit, as we'll get into the rest of the podcast. So can you tell us a little about your early life growing up in South Central LA and like your time on the basketball court with your grandfather and how that kind of built your influence around career thinking and entrepreneurship? Yeah, so, uh, you know, shout out to my grandfather. I would say he's the mastermind behind it all. He built me my first basketball court. For Christmas, uh, when I was three years old, I remember coming around the block and seeing the court. And then, you know, from that day on, that was what I was doing. Every day, all day, all night, you know, my grandma would be pissed off because all she hears is the ball <laughs> bouncing. And then as I got older, uh, it was on to the elementary school, South Park Elementary. And I would go to the streets, lights came on, and she would be so worried. She would come to the school to come get me, you know, in fear, gang violence, and things like that. Really, just my life is dedicated to my grandparents and watching over me, uh, taking me and my younger sister toy in. You know, we were on the brink of, you know, just a lot of being in a lot of trauma, traumatic situations, and situations that kids shouldn't be in. And so I think for me, it was really about, Everybody that I saw kind of growing up was someone that I found interesting, whether good or bad. You found something interesting about basketball, you know, but that drive mixed with the talent. Did you know what even the word entrepreneurial ambitions meant, uh, you know, growing up? Or was it just like, go as hard and fast as you can? Uh, It was more so just like basketball was the ticket. That was kind of like my therapy, you know, my instrument as a musician or my paintbrush as a artist. And so that's kind of like what I fell in love with. And so that was going to, wherever that took me is where I was going to go. Entrepreneurship was nothing that was ever discussed in the house or around me when I was a kid until, you know, I got a scholarship to go to a school like Crossroads. Right. And I think it just helped me learn what the other side of LA was doing and why there was a Beverly Hills and like people really do live there and they send their kids to this school or Bel Air or UCLA. Right. And so you start as LA starts opening up, the world starts opening up and basketball was that instrument 
for me to kind of like start learning about what it means to, you know, first it was a hustler, you know, you always a hustler, you know, on this side of town. And so now you're an entrepreneur on this side of town. And, and so as I got older, I just kind of learned that I was a little bit of both and I could see both sides, you know, uh, of what they were doing and just try and be, you know, the bridge between. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you say basketball was that ticket as it is for obviously a lot of underrepresented kids growing up in tough situations. But you obviously gravitated also at your time at Crossroads to some mentorship. You probably saw like some of the successful parents that were obviously in the school systems there. You know, what kind of mentors did you have growing up? You speak about, you know, Magic Johnson obviously being a big mentor. But before realizing, you know, Magic Johnson obviously as a mentor, who else was a mentor for you growing up? that you were able to take some lessons from during your time from Crossroads on to obviously the NBA? Probably say my AAU coach, Thaddeus McGrew. He worked at K-Swiss at the time. He was like the head of marketing, and he used part of his marketing budget to launch an AAU program. Myself, Paul Pierce, Jason Hart, Gilbert Arenas, all of us came from there. He was a great mentor. You know, obviously my grandma, uh, she was a great mentor, and then there were parents along the way. I would say Michael Warren, you know, at one point was a great mentor, you know, of mine and uh, someone who was just a great sounding board that I could relate to. But I could also see like, hey, I'm going to be like that as I get as I get older. And then uh, Senator Marshall Rouse. When I became a rookie in Charlotte, I met with uh, Senator Rouse and I would have uh, dinner like once a month on a Sunday at his house with his family. And, you know, once a month we would get together on a Saturday and we would go over like finances, bonds, structures, and he would open up his entire, he opened up his entire family office playbook for me to kind of study and learn and, and mimic. No, man, that's amazing. You know, we talk about, uh, before we got on the podcast, last time we spoke, we talked about like the challenges of financial illiteracy across the U.S., especially among underrepresented, uh, you know, minorities, and also about how even in the NBA and professional athletes at large, yes, they spend all their time crafting their talent at their specific sport, but there's so many other things that happen off the court that can be distracting or can take away a lot of the success they have on the court. So I guess, you know, for you, obviously learning from Marshall, what sort of things were you asking that were not taught to you during your time in the NBA that led you to think about doing equity endorsement deals with like vitamin water? You know, how did you think about navigating these opportunities from the lessons you learned from people like Marshall? Well, it was more so like uh, I was just going through it. And I think when I decided not to have an agent, and I was my best representation. <laughs> I think it was 21 years old. That was just kind of like, that's when the entourage life started. I didn't know who I wanted to be when I grew up. I just knew I wanted to grow up. I was really an outsider. I was an insider, but I was an outsider because I didn't have all of the necessary insider resources, right? And so at that point, it was really having to navigate what everyone on the outside was doing and then figure out who I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I, would, I was just asking my, myself that question every five years, right, and set a target and set a goal. The way Vitamin Water came about is I knew if I signed a three-year three -year marketing deal with Sprite, who knows what would happen. But if I got equity in this company— and let's say in three years, like P 
people really start liking it, then I'm going to be pretty good. It was really just the opportunity to live as an outsider and to navigate my own world. And I listened to my teammates, the older teammates that were, you know, on the bus telling me the do's and the don'ts, their rights and their wrongs. And so for me now, you know, when we talk about financial literacy, when we talk about athletes and, you know, their entrepreneurial endeavors and investment endeavors, I think that's where, that's what I've built, you know, at Baron Davis Enterprise, it's just really three portfolio brands that, you know, we focus on, we focus on financial literacy for kids through our platform, You Wish, which is a, which is a credit card wallet that uh, redeems dollars for wishes and allows kids to have a real chance of real world earning experiences and redeemable experiences based on financial literacy. So we're partnering with teams, we're partnering with leagues, we're partnering with big brands, smaller brands, banks to kind of shepherd this cause and really start, you know, trusting our kids, but like giving them the opportunity to do what we would do, you know, invest and support small businesses or small businesses uh, supporting the baseball team again, right? That's where we love financial literacy and we feel that that is the starting point. Slick is which uh, is our other platform, a media platform, storage, distribution, you know, from blockchain all the way to streaming. So we uh, uh, have a platform, Slick Images, which is a, a blockchain storage platform for photography and for photographers archiving digital assets. And then uh, Slick Media and Slick Studios is a content studio that allows us to have our own fast channel network. And so now independent creators and new creators, brands can find their way on our network. And then big is our membership club for investors, uh, which I know we talked about, Matt, uh, with all the things that you guys are doing. And so big is really just an opportunity to say, who are you? Where do you transition to? What is that business inside the game of crypto? What is that business inside the game of entrepreneurism? What's the uh, business inside the game of health or health tech? And we really try to explore the inside of these businesses with the people who have superpower, deep intellect, and create this thought leadership where we can all connect. And so that's kind of like where I've shaken out, you know, just kind of like my life story is now kind of like my life's mission. And it's really about bringing the right people together and the right ecosystems. Yeah, I want to double click on big because that's super important. You know, your, your self-representation and agency to take control of your career, you know, that was, a, that was a big moment for you, I think. And it sounds like you obviously took inspiration from some of the other older players that you were on the bus with throughout those years. But you also said that you got your MBA from the NBA, you know, and that sort of led you to thinking about big and how you were thinking about transitioning from the NBA to retirement. So maybe you can explain like what is big? You know, how does community play a role in it? And maybe tell us a bit about your co-founder, Robert Cohen, and how you guys came together on this. Big is a deal flow management platform uh, based on membership uh, where we curate dinners, fireside chats, summits. We're building our app where the app will feed you content, conversations, and a calendar uh, for, you know, our community and our community of members to have access to thought leadership workshops, and then also activations, right? And so we say 
everything you need is at a big event. You know, I started the company six years ago with the intention of, you know, matchmaking at, you know, All-Star Weekend and putting the right panels together, the right dinners, the right people in the green room, giving them the time to talk. And I start seeing deals being made. I knew that if I could become that matchmaker, then, you know, VCs, family offices, angel investors, athletes, celebrities, people were investing. It would be a great way to curate and gamify deal flow through conversation. And so with that, we launched big, you know, we're out in the market. Uh, got a co-founder, Robert Cohen. Uh, he came to me around building out a fund, uh, a point guard fund. And so we, as we start talking, you know, his investment, you know, track record and, you know, I would say my portfolio, we just start really start looking at how can we become navigators and point guards and give the winning assists. And so that's kind of, uh, when Robert, you know, came aboard to big, our other co-founder. So she does all of our events, uh, all of our programmings. We have a great team, you know, small team, great team, but the goal is always to put the entrepreneur first, put the investor first, you know, put the talent first and position them in a place where, you know, they can be amplified, they can be found and they can be invested in, whether that's time, whether that's dollars, whether that's partnership. Yeah. You know, the, the, the concept you're trying to figure out and kind of bring together is something I've always thought about because athletes, you, you see their names on press releases, you know, CAA has their own sort of uh, platform that helps, you know, artists and athletes get access to deals and things. And they had their own venture fund, you know, Steph Curry's written checks into a bunch of Canadian tech startups. And so I guess what is the real problem that athletes like yourself have when it comes to getting access to the right networks, the right advisors and the right vetted investment opportunities that big will hopefully help solve? The industry has grown. And so I always think about this, you know, for an athlete, like the most valuable thing is your time. The amount of time you spend on the court, the amount of practice time, the amount of rest time, the amount of recovery time to get ready for the game because you want to play the most amount of minutes necessary. Right. And it's like over and over and over and over. So time is extremely valuable off the court. Time is even more valuable. And there's so many people around that have the ability to waste your time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so establishing, you know, and I think this is where business inside the game helps is because it cuts you right into the thick of the ecosystem that you want to be a part of. And so you get to have your time managed, curated, and met with all the right people you need that won't waste your time. That was kind of like our solve is like when an athlete wakes up in the middle of the season, you don't want to get blasted with 10 deals. You don't want to get 15 requests for a podcast, right? You just want to wake up, look at your app and say, hey, you know, this is a great deal. And Matt Cohen is in it. I know Matt. I met Matt at dinner. You know what I mean? Let me check out what this entrepreneur is talking about in this conversation, you know, in our uh, locker room conversation. And so now that athlete that is off going to practice is probably listening to the same conversation that Matt is listening to right before his podcast. And they're clicking buttons that says we're interested in investing. For us, the high curation of deal flow the high, you know, accountability of putting the right people together, 
should lead to, you know, ultimate success for not only the investors in big, but the people who are investing in big on the platform and also the entrepreneurs that are coming on the on the platform to be invested in. It makes total sense. I mean, you're leveling the playing field for athletes jumping into this unknown world of business and entrepreneurship. Can you explain more maybe about like education and like the corporate partnerships that you're trying to bring together, which you already have? And then I'd love to talk about some of the events that you've got, because I know Super Bowl's coming up and you probably got a banger in Vegas coming up. <laughs> you know, and I say it's not just for athletes. It's like, because I'm an athlete, you know, I have friends in all kinds of different industries, music, uh, film and TV, the arts, uh, culinary, uh, race car drivers, right, um, and and other various sports. So for Big, it was really about you know ecosystem building through thought leadership. And I think for us, it was you know looking at our collectives and saying if we can move through our collectives, we can present a more defined opportunity for everyone to connect and see each other in a in a normal situation, right? Or in a cool vibe situation where it gets people communicating, it gets people talking. For corporates, based on the collective, like growing the diaspora, right? So a corporate partner now looks at big and says, I have a roadmap, I have a calendar, I have these you know, conferences I'm going to be at. I get to connect, speak at these conferences, connect with the entrepreneurs that I have that I am mission driven or connect in the ecosystem that I want to learn and discover. Not only do corporate partners get to be a part of that membership, they also get to partner in collectives because that is a part of their mission, right? So whether it's growing the diaspora, being on the cap table, we have a collective called PASCO, which is about real estate. So all of our collectives are really thematic. So it gives us the opportunity to have multi-tentacles for corporate partners to come in, right, and be a part of not only the content, but the activations and the communication. Yeah, I mean, your brain is just firing on all cylinders, like thinking (laughs) about all the ways of like building this interconnectivity between corporates and athletes and, you know, educators and entertainers. I mean, there's got to be a point at which this gets almost too interconnected and it has to keep like... You know, the athletes, as you say, they have limited time off the court to rest and recover, and they're being pulled in multiple directions. How do you know when to serve up the right thing at the right time for these, you know, athletes that you know so well? I think it's really about mastering the calendar. For us to be fully operational moving throughout the year, it's really like where your media source, where your media source, your recommendation, where your concierge when it comes to due diligence on who, when, why, and like what you want to do at an in an elevated place, whether it's Super Bowl, whether it's All Star, CES, South by Southwest, Cans, right? We will always make sure that our members know that our members are there and there's a place, you know, for them to engage interact and have these curated experiences all right so walk us through the super bowl someone uh, listening right now wants to be a part of this you know amazing platform what what could they expect at the super bowl coming up uh all-star weekend super bowl is a mixer so we're doing a dinner a mixer and just a networking event with some of our uh athletes 
NFL athletes and just people out there. But All-Star Weekend, we have our big summit. It's our annual summit. An entrepreneur would get an opportunity to be in the room with other entrepreneurs, investors, C-suite, team executives, NBA executives, you know, just a, a real cool invited list of ecosystem of people in the basketball space. Also, corporate partners speaking on panels. So we have, you know, six different panels. Entrepreneurs can be a part of our showcase, which is our demo day. So entrepreneurs can sponsor our demo day. Our brands can sponsor our demo day. Uh, we have a dinner, a mixer where it's high intentional networking and the introduction party. So like kickoff to All-Star Weekend where you get to hang out, meet people. And then we have uh, tickets to the game. So some of our members and our sponsors will be able to experience meeting legends you know, getting autographs, but more importantly, it's really about connecting and seeing the business inside of them and, and, you know, the, and the spirit of who we all are as people. You know, what's your advice for entrepreneurs who are looking to partner with athletes and help them also as the athletes transition to the entrepreneurship investing world to try to find that perfect balance? Because, you know, athletes shouldn't be looked at just from their brand recognition and the capital they provide. And entrepreneurs should maybe not just be looked at at what the, you know, technology is or the valuation of their startup. So how do you think you can build a, a good transactional and you know, partnership between the two? You know, we believe in teamwork, kind of building team goals, right? Establishing communication pipelines, right? Uh, establishing trust, but then working on like, what are we fundamentally good at communication wise? And then where's your superpower? Where's my superpower? And then where can we align our superpowers to help you win? That is the most critical point in the relationship is getting them to understand that the entrepreneur needs to win and the entrepreneur getting them to understand that if they win, the athlete wins, right? And so it's not so much about trying to over leverage their brand, but use their mind, right? Use their opportunity to strategize because that can open up a whole portal of, you know, information and, and opportunities for that entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. And it's a long road together, you know, like you have had an incredible career as an NBA player, but now your career as an entrepreneur and business person is going to last, you know, twice as long, hopefully. Uh, it's not longer. And entrepreneurs, like when I first started big, it was really like, I wanted to invest and use the platform, you know, as an opportunity to like feature, entrepreneurs that I invested in to start. And now those entrepreneurs have gone on and they have bigger companies and they're coming back to be big members and sponsor big events. So, you know, it's really looking at this full circle moment of if you built the right ecosystem of opportunities with the right people, they'll come back. You can keep recreating, you know, that same magic. By the next generation. Yeah, you're speaking to the right person. That's why I named the firm Ripple. You know, speaking of like content and strategy, you obviously have a, a vision for where you think like technology plays a role in like sports marketing and content. So what are your thoughts around like your content strategy and how it's going to impact the future of sports? I would say for us, we want to be a nesting place. We want to build a, a moat around lifestyle. So the lifestyle of sport. Treat athletes as creators, treat their cousins, friends, brothers, people they know as true creators. Because when you think about our community is such a closed network of people, 
everybody knows each other. And so I remember uh, doing a commercial for Nike and Hype Williams, not Hype Williams, but the Hughes brothers were the directors. Our relationship is still, you know, great. I work with Little X, you know, like, so all the dope directors, Chris Robinson doing incredible things, just got nominated for, I think, an NAACP award and the Emmys, you know, and so you're looking at building a community of the next generation of the great movie, the great TV show, you know, the documentary you're going to see, right? The TV series. And so for us, it's really the athletes have the stories. They're great storytellers. The musicians have great stories. They're great storytellers. But it's also like the insiders inside, right? And so for us, it's not discounting media from the traditional sense, but it's sourcing traditional media to further validate what the source world in their story is, if that makes sense. So like even with big uncovering, unlocking the inside of of who you are, right? Well, how do you transition, right? But taking big from a network perspective and a content perspective and touring different cities where you visit a small business, team owners, right? And a judicial and an impact fund and you bring them into a round table, right? So like, what does the business inside the game of, you know, San Francisco looks like from the Warriors perspective, a local restaurant uh, owner, uh, ad agency, right? And a 15-year startup company in the Bay that has some longevity. You get those people together and with intention of creating solutions, then I think, you know, that's where our content becomes potent, right? Because we can always highlight that next great entrepreneur, right? We can always highlight that next great investor, right? We can always highlight that next great philanthropic person that's pioneering impact. Content, you know, obviously is king. We want to be the storytellers. We want to present it in a way where it's cool for not only our community, but for the next generation as well. Yeah, it makes sense. And you talked about how you think Web3 and crypto kind of blockchain technology can impact the future of content creation and ownership. And it all kind of ties back to how you think everyone is obviously a content creator. I could talk about this stuff forever with you, but I love this. But one thing I got to ask you, you know, can you give us a personal story of like when you took on some financial risk investing, when you weren't really sure and how it led to some success, but the learnings really that came out of it that were almost more valuable than the success you got? A good one would be, I mean, vitamin water is always a good one. It wasn't that I invested in vitamin water, right? I put my money into it because I wanted to be on their team because nobody would take me serious as an athlete with great ideas for commercials and movies and things like that. Coming from LA, like my NBA friends would call me the Hollywood guy, the funny dude can tell stories, but no one in the industry respected my talent. It was really investing in myself to go learn and get the education from, you know, the team at Vitamin Water, whether it was Darius or Matt Kahn who brought me in, you know, Rohan, like all of these people, you start to learn, you start to know. And I learned what entrepreneur, you know, what being an entrepreneur was. I learned what startup was. I learned what a round was. I learned what an investment in a uh, buyout. I, like everything that I learned, it was really through 
vitamin water. And it wasn't the money that I invested because had I known, I would have invested way more. You know what I mean? But it was more so the people (laughs) that I was learning from and learning to grow. And so that set me up to make a great decision to invest in super coffee and be able to offer mentorship playbook. This is what's changing. This is how it was then. This is how it's different. It allowed me to invest in a company, drink can. It has the same kind of cool marketing nature effect and it's good. You know what I mean? And so I became smarter by putting myself in a situation where people had superpower and they were rock stars in what they were doing. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you just did the Sprite commercial like some old NBA athletes may have done, you wouldn't have learned anything and you would have gotten the paycheck and you would have moved on to the next one that came around. Yeah, and I'd be getting a bunch of reposts that, you know, or retweets right now that wouldn't ma- it wouldn't matter. I'd be like, where's the money for this? Right, exactly. But this one you went in with like, I want to learn first. I want to uh, absorb everything from these brilliant entrepreneurs. And I want to use those learnings to go find the next one and then the next one and the next one. And, you know, that's the, the ripple effect in action, which is really cool. You know, I could talk to you forever, Baron, but I know you got other th- more important things to do. Well, before we wrap things up, man, I got to ask, what is your favorite podcast? I'm not one that listens to a full podcast. I listen to people like, this is a dope show. And then I'll listen to All the Smoke. And then I'll listen to, you know, Lewis Holmes. Then I'll listen to Earn Your Leisure. And so I kind of like bounce all over the place. I probably need to have like a dedicated person or dedicated place. But uh, I just kind of like to check, you know, what everybody is doing because I like to get my information and like, you know, it's like the cadence, the vibe from everyone. Yeah, I mean, you, you you obviously follow a lot of the newest trends out there. What are some of the newest or what's your favorite new trend that's happening out there, whether it's in you know terms of athletes, uh, content, AI or something? I mean, obviously, AI is just like going crazy. But I think like I, I, I'm loving what's happening with like AI, VR, AR, digital mapping, environmental mapping, AR, like tokens. As you know, I love crypto. You know, I created the Oat Mills, which is like our own, think like Bored Ape meets Wu-Tang. That's what we always say. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, to be able to put on a headset and walk in this mixed reality world and be at, you know, one of our concerts or festivals or be at one of our basketball games or all-star games, right? be at a comedy night. It's like a serviceable person that you're building to build a world for people to like be able to come in and let their guard down. And then also like on, you know, just the prompts and business side, as far as like archetyping what a new company would look like or deep diving on, you know, hey, if I had my own sports gym, you know, these are the things that I would want and having you know, really like that digital assistant to really help give you the information you need. But it's the VR and the AR stuff that we're most excited about uh, because we have, you know, a lot of content and a lot of things coming. So, you know, it's going to be great to be in that space. And then the last one is, I would say, digital asset protection. Thinking about, you know, what we've built and what we have and, you know, the people we know. As people start to scramble and try to find who's going to be the right partner for their digital asset management rights, we're going to be there to basically bring them up to speed. And it's not how it was before. You know what I mean? And so creating onboarding experiences where the creator 
is their own storage mechanism for storage and distribution, you know, and collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. Take a lot of the ownership back. It makes a lot of sense. You know, what is one of your favorite or most influential books that uh, you've read over the years that impacted your thoughts? It's always rich dad, poor dad, just because like, you know, just baseline values of, you know, financing. That's a great one. That is a great, man, it's a great book. I'm trying to think of my favorite Malcolm Gladwell book. Tipping Point? Uh, I mean, you could say, yeah, Tipping Point was good. Yeah, I felt like the tipping point, I was living as I was reading it. <laughs> True. The broken window effect, for sure. But I think, you know, there's probably talking to strangers, outliers, blink. I'm sure there's a bunch outliers. of Outliers. That was the one. Outliers? Okay. And last but not least, I got to ask, you know, what's your favorite life lesson that either your grandfather shared with you or someone in your life that you still carry with you today? Be happy for the things you have. Be happy for the people that are in your life and you can't control (laughs) what other people do. And so walk your walk, talk your talk, good people. You, If you are a good person, you will adapt, attract the right good people around you. Yeah, I love that, Baron. And you embody that throughout your entire MBA career and you're doing it again now in your entrepreneurial journey. So thanks so much for joining us in the tank today with Baron Davis. Thank you, Matt. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tank Talks. We hope you found today's conversation as insightful as we did. If you're enjoying the show, we've got three quick things to ask of you. First, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. Next, follow us and stay up to date on upcoming episodes and behind-the-scenes content on social media with Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And lastly, share the love. If you found value in today's episode, share with a friend or colleague who'd benefit too. Your support helps us bring in more amazing guests and keeps the Tank Talks engine running. That's it for today. Until next time, keep disrupting and innovating.